Welcome everyone, another beautiful evening and welcome to a live podcast, Hardship, the Now of Workplace Diversity, Leadership and Us. I'm your host, I am your DEI scientist, Mila Dushul, and I'm really excited. I have not done back-to-back podcasts. I usually do one podcast, one live show a week, but this week, I just had to do two uh, because I am a phenomenal, phenomenal human and she is such an inspiring figure, not just in the community, but in her community uh, at grassroots level and in national level and at a larger scale, at a global level as well. So I'm really honoured to bring my guest for today, Priyanka Kutmula, but before I bring her on, I have to brag about who she is, what she's all about. So a little bit about Priyanka. At the age of five, Priyanka gave an impromptu speech about an aeroplane, which catapulted her into becoming the distinguished speaker she is today. She's the host and producer of the career startup podcast to spotlight Asian leaders and inspiring people. Although she had followed the cultural expectation of getting a master's to become an engineer and technologist, Priyanka knew what she wanted to make a bigger impact. She wanted a seat at the table to help others. So she got her MBA. At the US National Academy of Sciences, Engineering and Medicine, she serves as a technology leader in digital transformation projects. Priyanka is a phenomenal, phenomenal woman of color. And when I say a phenomenal woman of colour, she's not just changing the paradigm of diversity. She's not just changing the paradigm of what leadership is. She is contributing and she is a success partner with many women of colour. She is an active mentor, even with NARP DC, a local organisation. And I've had such pleasure working with her and I continue to have such pleasure working with her. Let me bring her on before I can just talk about her. Let me bring Priyanka Kumla to the stage. Welcome Priyanka. Hi Mila, thanks for that wonderful introduction and it's always a pleasure to continue our collaboration and I look forward to engaging with the listeners of Hardship. Such a wonderful podcast to be on. It's such an honour to have you. I remember connecting with you a few months ago through <laughs> through a common connection as well. And, and we spoke and we connected and that's the power, right? That's the power of connection. That's the power when we come together as women, right? A lot of the times we hear a lot of stories about how women become catty, how women uh, gatekeep information, gatekeep opportunities from each other because they want to progress for themselves because there's a scarcity mindset. But women like you are a great example that we can become each other's success partner. Women like you are a great example that leading with your voice is so important and that is the topic that we're going to be talking about today. Such a pleasure. So, and I always enjoy meeting like-minded women who are always focused on elevating each other and helping each other succeed. And you're one of the classic examples, Miller. You've been a wonderful mentor and a source of inspiration to me as well. So I'm super thrilled to share our nuggets of wisdom with our listeners and continue to learn from each other as well. No, I'm I'm so happy. I'm so happy to happy to hear that. Uh, happy to have you. So let's 
dig into what we're going to be digging in deeper today. So, Absolutely. <laughs> and I know that as, as a woman of colour and as, um, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to use the word minority in the fashion of because women are minorities still in the technology field and you are in the STEM and technology field. But you used your voice, you used your voice in the space of leading, right? Especially right now, uh, not just right now, the fashion, the landscape in the past 10 years, the past 20 years has been such that women in leadership, right? They embody a certain, a classical certain prototype of how males lead, right? So you become this aggressive women in leadership, you 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 inherit all those uh, factors as to how men talk, how you lead. But you are flipping the script and you have been flipping the script. The way that you have led and you continue to lead is through your powerful voice. And I want to get into the first question or explore what motivated you to lead as a woman of colour and at that, as an immigrant woman? That's such a wonderful question. And thanks for your kind words. It's always nice to hear the impact that you're creating within and outside the community. So let me start by sharing three aspects that create the mindset that I'm in. And one, I always grew up in a mindset that you can be whatever you want. My parents always never put any barriers or constraints. They never made me feel like, you're a girl child, especially in a country like India, you know, 20, 30 years ago, where women didn't get the kind of opportunities that we have today. So there was always empowerment. I never had a label about this is how you're supposed to be. This is how you're supposed to look. This is what you should be expected to do and follow societal milestones. So I always had progressive family around me and I never had to box myself. So it starts with the upbringing that you have. So I never feel like I'm a minority woman, I'm a woman of color, or I'm a woman in a different country trying to create a career for myself. Those are never labels that I associate because those could have different uh, connotations and based on the context that you operate within. And two, I believe you can always embrace your femininity no matter you work in a field that's dominated by other genders. So just being comfortable with who you are, your accent, your culture, the values that you bring and how you look, uh, you know, those are very critical aspects in terms of just being comfortable with who you are. The third aspect that I always believe in is my philosophy of taking the Pac-Man with you. When I came to the US, when I look back now, 10 years ago, I believe I brought in a Pac-Man. And let me explain what the Pac-Man means to me. You know, if you were a kid growing up in the 90s, Pac-Man was a game where you traverse through this maze, eating all your obstacles, right? This nice, bumpy Pac-Man. And for me, Pac-Man is an analogy that stands for several different things. Your P stands for the personal strengths that you bring to the table. And these are your signature strengths, things where you play a very unique role. And for me, my voice, leading with my voice, is a very unique strength, as you rightly mentioned in your introduction. Since the age of five, I, will, I have always been up there on the stage leading with a voice. So that was a very natural trait that I believe in. And two, having allies. 
that's a very important aspect for your success. So having allies, gender agnostic allies, would really help you understand the different leadership dynamics that you'll have to deal as you ace in your career. And C, collaboration. You know, that's very critical, right? You know, success can't be a lonely journey. You have to have people that you work with. And Mila, you're a perfect example. You know, as a fellow podcaster, when Summer Watson of Co-Roomen, which is another awesome podcast, when she and I connected, she said, hey, Mila's a wonderful DEI scientist that you should, you should be talking to. And that's how you and I got to know. And there you were showing me the ropes of podcasting when I said, hey, I want to go live and I want to apply for LinkedIn. And he said, like, hey, you need to go for it. And you held my hands through the application process. And here we are. I got my LinkedIn live approved in my first application. So you're a classic example of women of color helping other women succeed. And when I asked you, Mila, why did you take the time to help me? And you were like, that's so natural because I want to bring other women up as I climb along. So collaboration is very key. And M stands for mindfulness. Self-awareness is very critical as a leader, no matter the field that you operate in. And being able to control and self-regulate who you are and understanding your deep emotions, your inner child, and navigating life through mindfulness is very essential. And I truly believe in it. And A stands for acting. You know, a lot of times we have wonderful ideas. We have a board of mentors. Everybody gives you great advice. But do you really take the time to invest in those ideas and figure out how do you act and implement? And N stands for now. There's no excuse. You just got to do it now. And now is the right time. And I think the pandemic has given us an eye opener in terms of life is too short. And you just have to act on whatever you want to achieve and create an impact. So that's my Pac-Man analogy of personal strengths, having allies, collaborating, having a mindful uh, mindset, acting on things as and when they arrive and doing all of it now. So taking the Pac-Man with you is one aspect. And just to sum it up, it's the upbringing. That's the first aspect. And two, it's taking the Pac-Man with you and three, it's the act of collaboration and having these like-minded women to help each other succeed. Beautifully said. And I love that how you coined it as Pac-Man, right? So I want to touch on a few things. So you mentioned about personal strengths. So let's talk a little bit about personal strengths. Leading with, with your own voice, right? A, a lot of people, I'm going to focus on on women and especially POCs, right? Uh, women of color. Most of the time, it's just because they're bombarded, just because how landscapes are, just because how workplaces are framed. Most of the time, they're not given an opportunity to shine or to show their strength, even when they take ownership. Because sometimes, you know, a lot of the times we're told, don't wait for that promotion. Don't wait until someone notices you. Just do it. Right. And despite taking all those actions, despite, you know, taking ownership, despite standing out, they get knocked down. And this is where the A comes into place, where you ubiquitously pit allies. It's so important to have them for your own success. Now, I want to talk a little bit about allies, right, especially for the past eight months um, due to the current climate in social justice 
racism, systemic racism issues. We have had a tsunami of people coming in as allies. At the same time, we have a lot of allies. We on the on one hand, we have allies who do not know what to say, and they're so afraid. Oh, if I say this, I'll get I'll offend a lot of people. And then on the other hand, we have got a different type of ally where they want to say, I'm your ally, but I'll take the mic from you, I'll speak for you, catapulting, catapulting their own journey, forgetting the rest of the BIPOC group. So let's talk a little bit about how do we truly form allies? And when you're leading with your voice, how do you become an ally who is a success partner? That's a wonderful question again. You know, there are a couple of aspects, uh, I would say. So let's explore the different dimensions of allyship. One is setting expectations of what allyship means. What it means to me might be different from what it might mean to Miller, depending on the stage of your career that you're in. So setting those expectations about, hey, here's what I expect from this relationship would put everybody on the same page. And that will help you decide if this is the right kind of relationship to be in. So that's one layer. The second layer would be setting healthy boundaries on what kind of allyship this could develop into. You know, because a lot of people, uh, you know, especially as men, uh, we always talk about having men as allies, but helping them understand, like from a women's perspective, uh, there are a lot of other uh, aspects to it. So it's not just like mentorship, like trying to understand the cultural aspects of your thinking, the emotional aspects, the psychological aspects, and the different aspects of your personal life. Maybe you're juggling with motherhood, work, and your side hustle. So all of these are different aspects of it, which an ally needs to understand. So setting those healthy boundaries so people understand why you're acting in a certain way when a situation arises, that is also crucial. And above all, having open lines of communication where you feel it's a safe space to be in this relationship with your ally and be open about the challenges that you face and get some honest, critical feedback. You know, one of the challenges that we have, Miller, in these mentorship relationships is we try to be too nice so we don't give any feedback that might come across in a different way to your mentee. But feedback at the right time is crucial so people can really nip things off the bud so they don't have to wait until, you know, a significant amount of time has passed before they revisit the relationship and figure out there could have been things that we could have done differently because this relationship is not the way I expected the outcome to be. So those would be some critical ways in which allyship could be made more fruitful by setting healthy boundaries, setting expectations, and having open lines of candid feedback. I love that you mentioned about honest critical feedback, right? Um, and, and I love that how you brought in the aspect of mentorship to be when we are truly mentors. And in that itself, right, let's talk about open lines of, lines of communication. Communication is such an art and and it is an art it's a language of love communication right and communication is not easy everyone thinks oh you need to speak a certain way you need to articulate a certain way if you if you project your voice you know you become a strong leader but communication to your point uh, you mentioned a very important facet of it the psychological safety aspect of it 
right? People want to feel safe. They want to feel welcomed, right? And that's a difference uh, in in saying something. It's not it's not what you say. It's how you say it. And it's so important when we are giving honest, critical feedback. I feel that feedback is a two way street. You can't just get feedback and not have a dialogue with what's going on, right? And 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 building that allyship is so important in the two way feedback dialogue process because trust comes about it. Trust, I feel that <laughs> your fruit, right? You plant the seed of having honest open lines of communication and having that two-way street of, uh, of feedback, the seed that you plant bears fruits of trust, right? And and that's such an important facet of it. And, and that leads really well into your C, which is the collaboration piece, right? And you mentioned something really fantastic just now. For anyone, for you to become success, you also need to understand uh, the different types of leadership. Let's talk about the different types of leadership and especially using your voice to lead, right? And a lot of the times people feel that leadership is about bossing others and saying, I'm here, so you respect me. If you don't respect me, I'm going to displace you or misplace you. So let's talk about those two aspects in how you can lead with your voice in being a different kind of a leader, and yet you can place people. The two important things as part of leadership, you know, we read a lot of leadership development books. We go to the top business schools to be better leaders. But at the end of the day, listening is such a critical skill that most of us overlook. Even when you're leading with voice, you need to really understand that you need to give space for others to share their candid opinions, and you have to be willing to listen. And that's one of the greatest aspects of leadership. So listening and then responding to the other person's point of view, that could go a long way in leading successful teams. Everybody feels that you care for them, not just as a lip service, but more about, I truly want to work with this leader because this person really cares for me. This person invests in my career and I would love to work for this person. Because a lot of times, if you look at organizations, you don't work for organizations. You work because you have a great boss. And that's been my personal experience. I've worked with people who have been amazing mentors to me. And those first bosses, managers, they have the ability to pivot your experiences in a positive way. And I've had tremendous... Uh, I have tremendous respect for all the bosses that I've worked with because they've helped me in some ways to create a better version of myself. So listening, I would say, is one critical aspect. And two, I would say leadership doesn't start and end with a title. Most of the times you feel that you need to get to the senior manager level or senior leadership C-suite and people are going to listen to me because I'm part of this authority. Gone are those times, and there's a huge paradigm shift. Now, organizations are focused more on servant leadership, where they feel instead of leading with authority, you lead because of your influence, your persuasion skills, the way you treat people. And that's a huge shift. And it's a huge generational shift as well. As you have a lot of you know, Gen Zs and uh, millennials being an active part of the workforce, 
the leadership styles have evolved so much that you will have to adapt because the workforce is undergoing a transformation in itself. So leading with influence and listening are critical skills. So you're not focused on displacing people, but looking at aligning these people with your vision so you can work towards creating successful organizations. Beautifully put. I love that. Uh, I love that you mentioned about your manager, your first experience with that one particular manager, right, or a boss, shapes in how you view leadership as. It also shapes your identity at the workplace as well. Um, I've worked with great, fantastic bosses, and at the same time, I've worked with not-so-fantastic bosses, right? And, and it goes back to the R style of leadership because what they have been exposed to uh, is barking down the orders you do as I say at the same time leadership isn't singular leadership isn't isolated how you lead yourself in life how you lead at home how you lead in your community bleeds into how you lead at the workplace as well and it's using your voice because it's not like Priyanka is a different Priyanka at work and a different Priyanka at home right you are going to be as authentic you're going to be vulnerable Priyanka is Priyanka you're going to show up as you are. And that leadership, right, that leadership style, the listening style, how you lift someone else up. And even when you don't have a title, right, you, you do not have that CEO, you, you don't have that title or VP of STEM. But still, you are being a leader in your community. Great example is you are... It, with with the mentor the win program with not DC you're contributing in that space and you. you do it through your podcast right you're giving thought leadership in that space and I love that <laughs> you mentioned that kind of flows into acting and acting and that flows into now we need to talk about the now of workplace the now of diversity the now of leadership the now of us. And if we don't take action now, the future will never be possible, right? So that brings me to ask the question, how can women overcome stigmas as they start their journey in building a career? How can they build a voice? Just like at the age of five, you know, you gave a talk and you're so passionate about it. How can women overcome those stigmas? Um, let, let it be if they're from a different country, if anyone is listening from a different state, different country, what kind of advice do you have for them? That's a great question. And it's much needed given these challenging times that we all are facing. Now, let me share a recent study by KPMG on the future of women in business. You know, they had this research where they say 75% of executive women have experienced imposter syndrome. It's the feeling of being inadequate, you know, self-doubting yourself, being insecure. And these are challenges that every woman faces, but we feel that we are the only one who's going through all these issues, right? So acknowledging the fact that everybody has these feelings bottled up, saying, I'm not enough yet. I haven't arrived yet. And these are feelings of guilt and resentment that we'll have to break down. All these shackles within ourselves need to be broken down. And the first way in which the stigma can be eradicated is it starts within you. And that's where one of the Pac-Man aspects, which is being mindful, 
being more self-aware as to who you are and the feeling that you're enough, you're authentic, and this is how you are. So just feel comfortable with that style and just embrace yourself. It starts from that part of it. Most of the times, women and women of color, especially as we're juggling multiple roles as a, a daughter, as a spouse, as a mother, as a caretaker, we feel like we have to give 100% to each of these roles, but essentially forget ourselves in this process. And we try to seek validation from external sources saying, you're doing a good job, though you know within yourself you're doing a good job. But you know that's the way our mindset is tuned. So fundamentally changing and shifting your mindset and giving yourself the acknowledgement that you deserve that you're the best. You're already doing whatever best you can. And you don't have to stress yourself too much to be a different version of you all the time. So I, oh, that is such a powerful, powerful insight and answer. I love that you mentioned about the imposter syndrome aspect of it, right? And so many women and this is just a, not a phenomena in the united states women around the world experience to suffer from imposter syndrome and to your point uh, as to how women juggle various responsibilities and various roles in their life right and not getting that i'm not going to say pat on the back but validation it's not that you know people are seeking for validation but men get to men get more <laughs> validation or even feedback so you're doing a, a great job or i appreciate you he's charismatic he's a great leader but women women tend to not that get that kind of feedback or recognition right and and that kind of builds on, on top of the imposter syndrome and also increases the self-doubt as well you mentioned such a great point that I want to touch on. A lot of women around the world, and even at home, you mentioned about caregivers, caretakers, right? And it shapes their identity. It shapes your identity in the form of, I'm taking care of my paralyzed mom. I'm taking care of an ill spouse, right? I, And not just their identity, but their mindset, their critical thinking skills, their thought process, everything changes to a point where they are removed from the work, workplace, right? Because they can't afford a full-time caregiver. So they're removed from the workforce or they do a part-time job, even though they've got currency, even though they've got education, 15 years of experience. When they return back to the workforce, they are looked as incompetent Right? or they don't have the experience, or why were they removed from the workspace? But they have a huge opportunity there. To your point, leading with your voice. As you become a caregiver, as you juggle different roles, even being a mom, that's leadership, right? A lot of parents come forward that, that are television programs, that are podcasts about how to become a better parent. And you can easily lead with your voice. And I loved that you said that we need to chip down our own insecurities. It starts with mindfulness. And what is one tip that you can give women out there listening to this podcast? How can someone reiterate that mindfulness? How can someone practice mindfulness every day to increase their self-worth? 
it's a process you know you can't be an overnight mindful person or a yogi you know just by spending a couple of minutes meditating it's a mindset shift because you're rewiring your brain right and it has a couple of different angles to it it's say for example things that i've done personally to create a better version of priyanka is spending 5 10 15 20 minutes whatever works with your schedule i try to do at least 20 minutes of meditation that's how i begin my day and that takes out a lot of stress and anxiety fear feelings of inadequacy right out there and most of us have this feeling of you need to be tied to your smartphone day in and day out and that's how most of us start a day so i've done a personal experiment in myself uh, on myself where rather than looking at my phone the first thing when i wake up and then looking over you know the the triage of emails that you get in and things that people need from you the world is not going to end spend like 20 minutes of your day starting with meditation and then it sets the intention the tone for the day so you're manifesting a better version for yourself as you're dealing with the other stress factors in your life you know be it your professional work life motherhood juggling you know different errands that you'll have to do for the routine of the day so that's one aspect and two uh, this is an analogy that i really admire from seeing people around me is think of yourself as a ship traversing through rough waters the moment the ships the ship lets you know the water in the ocean come into the ship what's going to happen you're going to sink that's just the perfect analogy to who you are as a person you know your human body is a huge machine you know it can work wonders if you're using it in the right way rather than sinking up all the negativity that surrounds you and asking for more negativity trying to figure out more stress factors to create more anxiousness in your life so don't let the water don't let the negativity sink into you because that's not going to do your body any good so that's rewiring your brain which takes like small baby steps as you go along that journey and three uh, i had fabulous leader diana osagi she's the founder for the academy for women leadership which is based out of england and she had this awesome aspect where she said have self compassion and she gave me a challenge as part of the podcast which is hey priyanka for 28 days for a month don't say anything critical of yourself just be kind to yourself just the way you want somebody else to treat you and that was a great self compassion challenge which i'm trying to keep myself accountable from today whatever be the uh, you know the stress factor in your life you know things that don't go the way you expect it to be just be kind just be good to yourself and be your best friend i love that i love that you mentioned about self compassion along with rewiring your brain right and this is not just woo woo stuff and it's scientifically proven that you can rewire your brain scientifically proven that you can change how you think change the way that you behave change even the course of your projection your journey based on how you think based on how you speak to yourself right and i want to highlight a really great point that you just made pertaining to self compassion you took it upon yourself as a challenge to speak positive things to yourself and this itself is leading with your voice right a lot of the times people think that leading with your voice is speaking up for other people and you mentioned a great point just now priyanka is if you 
don't do the work for yourself. You can't become that voice, right? You can't become that voice to lead. That's very true. And this, as voice, you rightly pointed out, it doesn't have to be just the external voice of communication. It's the inner voice that needs more attention. Yes. Yes, a lot of the times we, we don't even think about it, right? Like, for example, when we buy a scone and, and a hot, what's what's the <laughs> what's the highest calorie drink that you can find? Hot white mocha frappuccino, whatever, and then you want to eat a cake. And then what's the first thing that not only most people say, oh, I'm fat, I'm going to get fat. That's negative self-talk, right? That's not showing self-compassion. Even when applying for a job, oh, I'm not, I don't fit all the 100%. Yeah. Right, and these are all negative talks, not not really valuing what we have. Right, we again that external seeking behavior comes into place. I need someone else's validation to tell me that I am good, I am great for this job, or I am ready for this project. Right, so I love that you you highlighted that self compassion, and I think everyone should be doing this challenge. Um, leading with the voice and you're so right it's not just the external it's the internal voice what we tell and I truly 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 believe that every part of your body every cell is listening to what you're thinking and what you're saying so you know and that reflects a lot in your personality as well I mean if you're going to have positive thoughts that's going to vibrate to the people around you and that's going to create a healthy space for people around you and it creates a happy smile on your face. You know, that's a huge difference that I've seen in myself. And when you're happy, people around you want to be with you. They want to hang out with you. And it creates this sense of happy space for everybody. So why not make the world a better place rather than craving for things that are not at this point with you? Yeah, no, I, I love that. I love that. You, you know, yes, it's so true. Because people want like when the sun shines right when the sun shines everyone wants to see the sun so we have to become the sun <laughs> and that's such a great point that you say smile when you smile it lights up someone else's day just you know well, it, the other day i was walking and i smiled at a stranger and just by <laughs> smiling at a stranger i don't even know that person that stranger smiled and started like laughing right it and that's <laughs> that. That itself, you see, um, when someone yawns, it's it's um, oh my god, it's like a domino effect, right? When one person yawns, everyone else's everyone else yawns, and that's the same thing as smiling. That's the same thing as energy, right? When you show good energy, everyone else's cap, you know, latches on onto it. Uh, but to 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 sum it all up, Priyanka. Leading with a voice. I love your Pac-Man analogy. And I love that, you know, you have to focus on your personal strengths. You have to focus on who your allies are, the collaboration piece, the mindfulness, acting. And most importantly, you said that we have to lead now. We can't wait for opportunities. We have to become owners, take ownership and execute on it. Before we go, Priyanka, what one tip would you tell women especially women of color because a lot of the times women of color let it be in the u.s or in different parts of the world they are so fearful of speaking up 
what tip do you have for them that they can slowly voice their voice out? Let me give you an example of my career journey so far. As you introduced me to the listeners, I'm an engineer turned technologist turned leader and now a podcaster as well. So wearing all these different hats, the common connection that I felt was I love to share thoughts of other people. I would love to amplify voices of other people. That's how it started. And being in all these different roles was just a manifestation of what I wanted to achieve as the end goal. So here I am today, amplifying the voices of fellow leaders through my voice. You know, So that's something that you'll have to keep thinking. What's the impact that you want to create for yourself? What's the legacy you want to leave behind? And that'll reveal the answers for you as to what do you want to do? You know, everybody thinks about having a stable paycheck, you know, playing all these different roles, and we lose our identity as part of the process. I mean, I totally agree that we'll have to enjoy playing all these different roles. But at the end of the day, what is that that you stand for? What are the values that you want to have with the people that you associate with? And what kind of values you want to instill in the next generation as part of your kids and you know the rest of the extended family. Those are critical questions that we'll have to ask ourselves. And that will help us figure out what does the path for you look like? You know, do you want to continue speaking about issues that bother you because it's part of the value system that you totally have instilled in yourself? Honesty, integrity, you know, those could be some of the values. You know, then speaking up when you see something that shouldn't be the way it is, it's just going to be a natural extension of your values and belief system. So one critical question is for you, what is that legacy that you want to leave behind? How do you want people to remember you? And that will help you figure out what your future path needs to look like and where can you make those micro adjustments to continue to feel happy both internally, externally. Beautiful. Well, Priyanka, thank you for sharing your wisdom. Thank you for sharing this really important tips to lead with your voice. And I love that you mentioned about we have to take action. We have to take action in the now. And that's what hardship is all about, right? We want to lead with your voice. You have to speak out. You want to leave a legacy to your point. And that legacy is about leading for other people from our hearts, for other beating hearts. Thank you, Priyanka, for coming on Hardship, the now Workplace Diversity Leadership in Is. Where can listeners find you? First, I want to say thank you so much for the opportunity, Mila. You've been such a wonderful host, and this feels like a natural conversation that we are having, and I hope it's of value to the listeners as well. And for me personally, it's been a journey. I haven't arrived yet where I feel like I've embraced what leadership means. I always focus on how can I be happy in the moment because that's where that's what belongs to you. And it, it takes a little bit of uh, shift in the way you think to really arrive at that particular state of mind. So I would say to everybody, you know, this pandemic has been hard with unemployment, a lot of personal struggles, uh, you know, things have changed. But keep hope and faith and try to enjoy where you are and create that state of peaceful mindset so you feel that a better day is today. 
And to our listeners out there, I would love to connect with you all. I'm on LinkedIn. You can follow me on Priyanka Komler. I'm also on Twitter, Priyanka Komler. And Karib Startup Podcast is a podcast to spotlight Asian leaders, both business and tech, and allies. And I'm so excited. Mila is going to be a future guest on my show as well. So we're on LinkedIn. You can follow us on Career Startup Podcast on LinkedIn, as well as at Pod Startup on Twitter and all your favorite podcast streaming platforms. So I would love to hear how this podcast has created an impact. And do subscribe to Mila's podcast, Hardship. It's such a wonderful podcast. And you get a lot of interesting wisdom from different aspects of DEI. And Mila is a fabulous person to get to know. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Pranika. That is so kind of you. Uh, thank you for coming on a Hardship for Now of Workplace Diversity Leadership and is That's all the time we have. Uh, again, if you're tuning in from wherever that you're tuning in from, I'd like to hear from you. Please subscribe on YouTube, on LinkedIn, on 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 Twitter and on Facebook. Again, give this a thumbs up. Priyanka, do not go anywhere. This has been a great pleasure speaking with all of you. And again, diversity and culture is science and the science of hearts. So let's build a collective, heart-centered community, society, and space, not just for us, but for people who have been displaced and people who are yet to be born. So I'll see you next week. Thank you.